Chapter 28 of Mabel Ross, The Sewing Girl. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 28 The Visitor of the First Floor Lodger. The individual who thus took the sisters by surprise was a woman of some forty five or fifty years of age, comfortably, though not very well dressed, in mourning, short of stature, and very spare in face and form. Her thin gray hair was tucked beneath a white cap, the border of which showed within the roomy face of a bonnet, singularly large, even for the fashion of the day. Indeed, taken in comparison with the proportions of the wearer, this head covering bordered on the grotesque, and gave to her whole appearance so quaint a character as might very naturally create a smile in the observer. The smile was not likely to be repeated, however, after a glance into the face of the woman, whose pale features, delicate in form, wore an expression of melancholy and of patient resignation touching to see. One would say there was there some long ago wakened, but never to be forgotten grief, that had absorbed to itself the inner life of the woman, leaving but a passive and but half-conscious machine to move its remaining time on earth, having no commingling with others save in a sympathy with that grief, seeing all things through it, feeling all things through it. Having paused only to close the door behind her, the stranger walked slowly and silently forward, her eyes earnestly fixed upon Mabel, as the latter sat still beside the bed of little Lily. Surprise at the unexpected appearance of their visitor kept both the young girls silent, and it was the former who first spoke. "'I am a visitor to the first-floor lodger,' she quietly said, turning from Mabel to Hilda and back, with one or two old-fashioned nods. "'And I've just come up a moment to see the little sick child.' Having thus briefly introduced herself and the purpose of her visit, she glided with noiseless step to the side of the bed opposite Mabel, and fixed her regards on the pale but beautiful features of the little afflicted one. Hilda brought forward a chair, and both she and Mabel desired the stranger to be seated. She took no notice, however, of the proffered attention, but continued to gaze on the touching picture before her, and Mabel and Hilda presently perceived large teardrops to fall from under her lowered lids and over her cheeks. "'Poor little darling,' she half-whispered, as though to herself. "'Beautiful little sufferer! How like death she looks! Only for the pain lines that tell she has not yet on her angel robe. A little while more to bear the pain!' A little while more to grieve, yet comfort mother's heart, and she is gone to him who sent her back to light, back to rest and peace. The words fell on Mabel's ear like a requiem, almost like a prophetic warning. She turned her eyes from the face of the strange visitor to the beautiful, fading form so dear to her, then covered her face and silently wept. For Hilda, she looked for a moment as though about to resent the intrusion of the stranger, but sight of the unmistakable emotion on the sad features of the woman recalled her to different feelings. "'You had better take a seat,' she said, putting the before-offered chair a little nearer. "'You look too tired and weak to be standing.' The stranger looked a grateful acknowledgment, but did not avail herself of the chair. "'It's a picture.' 
I have before me always, she said, absently resuming her own train of thought. A poor fading babe on its bed of pain and a sad, heart-crushed mother watching beside it. But God is with them both. He gives the mother a little hope to the last, and when he takes away the babe, he gives her instead a sweetly sad remembrance that is like a shadow of the little oneself. He won't forget the mother in her time neither, but will surely give her babe to her again. Who can doubt his goodness? I never can. I know my babe will be given back to me, more beautiful, more loving than ever. And when I'm most lonely, it's just then he makes me feel the more the good time coming. And I take comfort and am able to move on again. And so I'll go moving on, and moving on the best I'm able, till he calls me to himself and puts back my babe in my arms, and for all time, for all eternity. There was no room for question of the grief which had set its life mark on the sad woman. Her every word and look in presence of the stricken child spoke it. Seeing that Mabel was still in no condition to speak, Hilda thought it incumbent on herself to say something, though the peculiar manner of their visitor embarrassed her as to how she should again address her. The little girl is our sister, she presently said, but Mabel is every bit as tender and loving as a mother to her. Your words have made her feel badly, but she will presently talk to you. You say you came to see the first-floor lodger? I suppose she told you about our poor little Lily? The stranger turned her eyes upon the young girl, at first with a look of dreamy semi-consciousness, which caused some misgivings in the mind of Hilda. But this look passed away, and it was only the customary expression of quiet sadness which remained on the features. Yes, I came to see Mrs. Moppet, she said, Mrs. Moppet on the first floor, and she told me about the little one, so I took the liberty of coming up. She turned again to the bed. It's a pretty, but a sad picture she said after a short silence. But I never turn from it as some do. I know it all so well. I know it from first to last, from the first fear entering the mother's heart to the last hope leaving it. And I know, too, how after that there's much, oh, much to come that's hardest of all to bear, and that the heart scarcely could bear but for God's presence in it. Well, well, I'm glad I came up, and if you'll let me, I'll come again, for I shan't forget the pretty, sad picture of the young mother and her suffering babe. The poor little girl and her sister, said Hilda again. Our mother has been dead these nearly two years. Ah, well, it's all the same, said the visitor, mother or sister-mother. It's still the tender nurse, with the mother's heart, the mother's hope, and the mother's reward. Laying her hand gently on Mabel's shoulder, she added, God be with you, young sister-mother, and he will be with you through all. No cup he gives to drink, 
but has its sweet drop, so that we take it in submission to his will. Something, too, of the sweet joy of the angels must come to those who tend the angels. It is so in heaven, it is so on earth. From among the roses we carry away the sweet odor of the roses. Loving them, one learns to love all things pure. She bent down and kissed Mabel's half-covered brow as the head of the ladder rested on the edge of the bed. May I kiss her, too? she then asked, bending over little Lily. I wouldn't disturb her for the kiss, but it would be sweet to me. Hilda could only nod assent, for she was now no better able to speak than Mabel herself, and the lips of the first-floor visitor touched those of the slumbering child. Lily's eyes opened and fixed themselves upon the face bent over her, but without the faintest expression of alarm, scarcely one of surprise. Who is it? she asked. Is it a good angel, Mabel? Is it mother? The stranger turned away her face to wipe her eyes. I have not shed a tear for long, she said, but the voice and look of the child recall times when I could weep. Yes, sweet babe, she added, bending again over the pillow. It is a mother, and one that would be an angel to you if she could. For your sake, and she looked to Mabel, I could wish to be an angel of health and life to the little one. For her own? Not so, not so. Oh, that you were, sobbed Mabel. I know what you mean, yet if I had my choice, I could never, never give her up. You're young and you don't know, said the stranger, turning to leave. I felt so once, but it was long, very long ago. Shall I come again, young sister-mother? Looking once more to Mabel. Yes, oh yes, Mabel replied. I have made you shed tears. Yes, but they have done me good. I strive too much against them, perhaps. At least I feel so at times like this when they bring me relief. I will come. She gave another wistful glance to the bed, then, with a grave nod to Mabel and Hilda, left the room as quietly as she had entered it. Say, who is it, Mabel, dear? Again asked Lily, who, with her eyes, had followed the stranger until the door closed upon her. We don't know, my darling. She didn't tell us her name. But she's good. A good angel, didn't she say? She said she was visitor to the first-floor lodger, put in Hilda, who, happening to be in one of her prosaic moods, chose things should be called by their right names. Visitor to the first-floor lodger? Oh, said Lily, in a disappointed tone. But I think, Hilda, she's very good, if she is only that. I think she's good enough to be an angel.
End of chapter 28